It was a pleasure having yes. you on. Yes. I think yes. it was, great I think it was yes. a very, very, very well-rounded conversation. Mm-hmm. Listeners, you're going to like this show a lot. Um, well, they've listened to it at this point. Yes, they. Uh, well, I'm thinking. Well, maybe they haven't listened <laughs> to it yet. <clears throat> maybe what they're doing is actually listening to the end of it before they've listened to the beginning of it. So what I would do possibly is just cut it off and put the beginning here. Cue music. Through the city, through the city, through the city Girl, I really wanna know, really wanna know If you coming with me, coming with me, with, with me It's a place I wanna go, place I wanna go Through the city, through the city, through the city It's a little spot I know, do you wanna go? Are you coming with me, with me, with me, with, with me It's a place I wanna go, I just wanna ride with you Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We are coming to you from Dope Society in the Bywater of New Orleans. And if this is your first time here, you are now listening to the All the Fly Kids show, where the cool, calm, and connected talk straight, no chaser. I am your host, Geronimo Knows, urban culture and lifestyle enthusiast, reformed blogger turned full-time interviewer. As always, I got my co-host, super producer Robert J. Yo, 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 what up? How you feeling today, brother? Man, I'm feeling quite amazing, magnificent, magnifico. Okay. I'm a little melancholy today, but How, you feeling mellow, melancholy? Oh, like melancholy. The, the day, the day, the day started off kind of funny, you know, and um, like Doug funny or like not TV funny. Like Doug funny, funny ah, you know. But you want to talk about it a little bit? It, it's just the dog. Oh, that, that damn dog, man! Look, the, the dog chewed up the the air mattress pump. I'm going to leave it there. Your air mattress pump? I'm going to leave it there. Were y'all sharing air mattress pumps? You know, I think that the day is going to end with some good news. I, think, yeah, I, I believe it's going to end with some good news for me. But nonetheless, tell people where they can find us. So look, if you want to find out what we've been doing, what we're about to do, and what we are currently doing, you want to listen to that podcast. And you can find our podcast anywhere where they stream a podcast. That's Spotify, Instagram. We're not streaming on Instagram, but we should be. But we are streaming on Apple Music. We are also streaming on Google Podcasts, things like that. And SoundCloud, where we release it first. And all you got to do is type in All the Fly Kids. Mm-hmm. All the Fly Kids. And if you want to talk to us on any of our social networks or sites, if you want to do the same thing, just follow us, All the Fly Kids, and you can get both of us. Or if you want to talk to either one of us individually, we're going to tell us, we're going to tell the other what you said, too. So be careful what yeah. you be talking about mm-hmm. in them DMs and shit. Right. You want to slide in our DMs privately. Yeah, yeah. Don't be <laughs> you, problematic. You, you can reach us at uh, Geronimo Nose and Robert J underscore BB. BB like Bay Bay. Not That's quite, not what it means. Not quite but. like Bay Bay. Like, <laughs> like, literally, the, because the people like Bay Bay. It's I not, ain't find you, man. I ain't yeah, see you. Yeah, it's not Bay Bay. It's Robert J underscore BB. You know how like Weezy, the second letter of the alphabet. Well, not well times like, two. Like, yes, but you know how Lil Wayne be like uh, Weezy F baby, and he'd be like the F is for Fernando, the F is for 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 Frigid, man, the we, F is for. Man, we giving our social media hands. We ain't doing the song. Man, you right, but you know, <laughs> Robert J underscore BB like Bay Bay. Like Bay Bay. All right, it sound good. It sound good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So this is episode ninety three. We're calling this the collage to camouflage episode. And we're seven episodes away from the big 100 and 
We're going to keep bringing y'all the illest culture creators we cross paths with from now until we shut the mics off. For good. Which I don't foresee that happening for a very, 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 very long time. Who so, does that? You never stop being fly. That's why they on the show. Oh, well, yeah. That's true, too. But some, after a while, some people, you know, they call it quits. Like my guy Howard Stern, you know. That man going to always forever be fly. Always. Yeah, I learned a lot listening to his show. But anyway, we maintain a global approach to the culture and lifestyle thing, which means there's never a shortage of people to have on the show. So with that said, let's get to this week's guest. He is a multidisciplinary artist who goes by the name The Odd Boxer. The New Orleans native has been creating for more than 20 years, initially as a graffiti artist before moving into mixed media, assemblage, collage, and sculpture as his chosen mediums. And if you spend any time in the Bywater, Marigny, or Lower Garden District, of the city uh, recently and looked down on the ground, you may have spotted any number of colorful water meter covers with thought-provoking messages, such as love is bipolar, get off your phone after you take a pic of this, or even an ode to the Big Easy uh, via the sportscaster Chris Rose. You've probably even seen some wheat-pasted gold teeth around town too. But the work I've mentioned is just scratching the surface, no pun intended. We'll get into all of this along with getting some great old New Orleans stories that may have you rethinking how you interact with the city in a more productive way on your next visit. So without further ado, family, let's welcome Jeff, a.k.a. the Eye Boxer, to the All The Fly Kids show. What's up? Yeah, clap it up for yourself. Yeah. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Okay. Good. I'm feeling good. I'm glad people are feeling good. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling good. Just a little melancholy. Man, just, just, just bask in the energy with us. Yeah. Well, okay. We got, we got, we got the candles. We got the libations. So I'm gonna feel great by the end of the show. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's a nice watch. Y'all can't see this watch, but what is this? Can you? You don't got even got to say what it is. It looked like a bike. I think that's why I like this watch is so hard. Y'all look like it got wood grain on it. It ain't wood grain, but it's nah. leather. It's thick. Damn, Jeff. My favorite watch, <laughs> right there. Damn. That's all right. You ain't got to tell us about it, but how, you said you feel good. It's, it's, I feel good. It's a good, subtle accent. Thank you. Is that subtle? That's a subtle accent. It's about as subtle as his art, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, nah, look at it. This is subtle. It's not, nah. it's, it's not. I say it's subtle because it doesn't have a lot, of, a lot going on. And no I say, diamonds. I say about as subtle as his art because you got to know what you're looking for. Yeah. I know, When I saw that, I'm like, ooh. So you're a watch guy. I like all that. Okay. I like subtle things. Okay. You know, like when I see his art on the ground, I think I took a, I be walking through uh, where everywhere really. Right. But um, when I be walking, I be looking down, I see the water meters, and I'm like, yo, like, what is this? This is interesting. I'm, and the first thing I thought about, like, when I saw it was, is it legal for me to take a picture of this? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not, but the. I didn't know how to feel about it. I ain't never seen nothing like that. I've been to Ohio, a place in Ohio. I've been places in Indiana, Illinois, um, California, Georgia, like New York. I've never seen, and just all the in-between states getting there because sometimes we drove. Right. But I've never seen nothing like that. And I'm like, is this legal? Like, is this okay? Like, It's not legal. It's not it's legal. It's not legal. But... Okay. But you got you gotta like flex a little bit because the people that would say that it's illegal actually really fuck with you. Right. I mean, the they're they're on the sewage and water board uh, water meter covers and they actually on Instagram they like my posts when I when I post the water meters they like them so you know technically it's not legal but I haven't any problems with that yet. Okay. I mean I think because it's New Orleans and there's this gray area. This this, yeah. this this organized chaos that the city operates in. It's like, I mean, it's not like 
he's stopping us from getting our money. Right. <laughs> as long as you ain't stopping people from getting their money, it's just like, yeah, that's cool. I'm trying, okay. to, I'm trying to help. You know what I mean? You know, beautify the place a little right. bit. You know, give, give, make people smile. Make people right. think about some things. So, okay, I want to start off with this question. How'd you get the name The Odd Boxer? Um, a lot of the studio work I do, the, the mixed media assemblage work I do is in boxes. Okay. It's uh, in old drawers. It's in a box, you know, something like a shoe, shoe box size, you know, usually wooden boxes, but that's how, that's okay. how I got it. So it's not from shooting the five. Nah. You know, what I mean? nah. <laughs> nah. You, know five. you know, you know, it wasn't if you was in the gym, you know, getting them rounds and throwing bows. Nah, like, you got a mean southpaw, boy. I don't know how you do that. Nah. <laughs> Okay, all right. All right, well, I know um, we, we were talking earlier, and I was talking about how Katrina is like this historical marker, right? Right. Something I wanted to know was, is there a lot of public, was there a lot of public art throughout New Orleans prior to the hurricane? Yeah, so there was a couple of graffiti crews, a, a bunch of guys that I looked up to um, back in the day. It wasn't, not as much as there is now, but Katrina, actually, the year after Katrina mm -hmm. was when you started to see people like you go girl and all these other uh street artists that just showed up in new orleans mm. the living was cheap and it blew up mm. it blew up the year after i mean everywhere you went there was something new yeah so katrina could i mean it was it was a good thing for for graffiti in new orleans yeah. actually i actually yeah. even saw a tag from a dc street artist decoy yeah where was it i think it was over here but i was like decoy there's only one decoy. Right. I know that decoy. Shout out decoy in DC. Um, and and yeah, it was just something I was just wondering about because you know, I said that I was going to start calling street art public art, okay. whether it's commissioned or not, mm -hmm. because street art as a as a as a term is becoming so ubiquitous. Yeah. Along with like graffiti. Yeah. And people still there's still a negative connotation associated with graffiti. Yeah. People just think vandalism. Right. And it's just like That's you not. can tell the difference between vandalism and somebody really put some real effort right. into creating art. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Vandalism is just like I'm gonna just scratch this shit up. You know what I mean? Right. I'm scribble my name on something. Right. Right. Any type, any graffiti any 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 street art any work you do like that's like art you know what i mean like mm -hmm. that you put in your, your heart and your soul you want to communicate a message that you know will also resonate with other people to some degree sure you know what i mean so i said that i was going to start doing like you know people still will say street art i'm sure but like i want to call it public art you know what i mean um so what's been the city's approach to the commission work since the the hurricane and you know, we just even recent years. What you mean, like, uh, like in terms of like, okay, well, we're going to commission these these artists who we know are doing this work. How can we get them to do something that is um, legit? Nola, uh, uh, excuse me, Nola Mural Project does handles a lot of that. You know, a lot of the stuff you'll see on Saint Claude, um, they put that together. Mm -hmm. You know, they got the permits for it and stuff. But a lot of it that you might think there's permits for. There's no permits for it. Mm. That's just people showing up. And I mean, we'll be painting the side of a wall. Broad daylight, cops just drive by because they assume, you they know. Got a permit. Yeah. You're, you're wow. not going to be that brazen standing out there in broad daylight. But yeah, that's that's how it works. Yeah. you hiding in plain sight. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. Now, I just had a whole bunch of thoughts of some other stuff from um, that uh, plain daylight do your stuff. Anyways, um... So it's a lot of people that really are concerned with like staying in the shadows, it sounds like anymore. It's like here, the shadows ain't really um, celebrated as much. 
That's what it sounds like, especially if they just out in the open, bold, doing their thing. Well, you'd be surprised. I mean, a lot of us, I prefer to stay anonymous for the most part. If you see me on Instagram, for example, and there's action shots of me doing it, I've got a bandana over my, you know, half of my face. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the, you know, especially the, the, you know, the graffiti, old school graffiti artists, yeah, you're not going to find out who they are and they're going to stay in the dark. But there's a middle ground now that didn't exist as much back in the day mm-hmm. of people who do a lot of studio work on canvas and stuff like that that are now doing murals. Um, and they're, not, they're not, not exactly graffiti artists. They're not out there in the middle of the night like me or some of the other people you see doing their thing. They're, they're doing it in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's, a, there's kind of a middle ground with that mm-hmm. where they're fine to you know, say who they are, but they're not... The stuff they're doing, they're not putting themselves at risk. Okay. Like, like you know, other people are, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I see. So does it, like, make it different, I guess? Are you a graffiti artist if you... I guess, what makes you a graffiti artist? Is it, like, when you do it, the time of day you do it, or how you do what you do? Everybody's got a different opinion. Mm-hmm. Graffiti artists are real territorial. I'm sure a lot of people will tell me. I do a lot of uh, wheat paste, paste-ups, mm-hmm. and a lot of aerosol graffiti artists kind of tend to look down on that because we get you know for us we uh i run it off i, I paint it at home and i come out real quick with a bucket of wheat paste slap, slap it on a wall and i'm out aerosol artists they've got to really spend time in you know in situations where they could get get busted mm-hmm. so you know it, it just depends i mean it depends who you ask hmm. right let's see so it's kind of like it's kind of funny because when you start talking about art, it's not supposed to be like this box that right. it falls into. But then when you start doing art, then it's like, well, you got to fit somewhere. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's. I want to say it's um, hypocritical, but I think hypocritical is more of an attack word. Um, it, there's another phrase for it. Um, double standard. There's like a double standard for it. Just like everything else in the world. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so it, it's funny, like you said, I don't feel like I fit in any box mm-hmm. anywhere, right? Like I don't fit in with, you know, a regular graffiti artist, which I have mad respect for them. I don't fit in the kind of studio work I do. I don't paint landscapes and stuff like that, especially in New Orleans. I don't paint Jackson Square mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I really don't, I kind of exist in this gray area when it comes to art. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the way I like it. I'd rather keep myself kind of set apart. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I was um, kind of reading up on something and about authenticity. Like, there's mm-hmm. this movement. And all the other places I've been, it hasn't really... I haven't really seen, like, people actually authentic, authentic, authentically being themselves. Sure. And here in New Orleans, I, I can feel it. Like, everybody, mm-hmm. even down to, like, the junkie that you see down the street that do his thing every single day on the corner sleep like even he is himself and mm-hmm. you you're not gonna run into people that's like oh you remind me of this person right it's like nah you remind me of this person but you're a little different right and it's like this authentic movement here and and when i say authentic move i mean like there's a movement of authenticity here. yeah and i'm asking like my question is like where do you see yourself in and that knowing that you don't fit in in a particular place does it ever make you uncomfortable um, no. how important is it to you to be authentic that's the most important thing that 
that that's it. That is the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, is <laughs> maintaining my authenticity within my art and just how I fit in in the world, which I don't really fit in. But you know, I think it's our culture here in New Orleans. You know, we just kind of live and let live a little bit more than a lot of other places I've been. Mm-hmm. People are kind of free to be who they want, right? You're free to just kind of express yourself in the way that you that you want to. It's a beautiful thing. I didn't realize it growing up. I tried to escape New Orleans. I wanted to leave as, as soon as I could. Wow. But I came back because I went a whole lot of other places, small towns, big cities, and I realized that you can just be exactly who you are here. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, people aren't going to judge you. You know, you, you might see a dude walking down the street with a tutu on and a green mohawk, you know, and he might be a black dude, too, which, you know, and nobody's nobody's even going to give him a second look. Mm-hmm. That's just the way he was just doing what he's doing. That's yeah. fine. And so I think that's why you see that here, especially with art. You know, we all, you know, we're just free to kind of be who we want to be. I yeah. think I think that's why, too, because something that I do in any city I go to is because I like fashion so much, I always... Mm. I always observe and say, okay, what's 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 the what's the what's the what's the style here? What's 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 the thing? What are the the brands and things and the right. way that people like to put their clothes together and whatnot? And I haven't been able to figure that out other than like, okay, they wear felines down here. Right. I got that part. <laughs> yeah. I got that. But, Still wearing felines. But other than that, it's just like I can't figure out New Orleans style. And I guess that's actually a good thing, mm. you know, because Maybe that is the style. Right. It's. it's like you said, the city allows you the freedom to just do you and be yourself and, and express yourself however and whatever you are. Right. You know what I mean? No one's going to like hold you accountable or, or judge you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, so fitting in, that's maybe not even a concept here beyond just like, just like the traditions. Right. Outside of the traditions, there's no such thing as like fitting in. Right. In New Orleans. And I, th- I, I realized that very early on. I agree with that for sure. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, like me right now, I've got jeans and a pair of chucks on, mm-hmm. but I just came from the studio. I was working on, on some work this morning. Now, yeah. later on, you know, tonight, if I'm going to go out, you might see me with a black overcoat on and a real nice pair of jeans, nice pair of shoes. And I can flow in circles, you know, where people are just covered in tattoos mm-hmm. and, and everything else. And nobody really looks at you like man what are you doing here because you don't look like you fit here Mm -hmm. people just it just doesn't really work that way here Um, I think it did a little bit more when I was a kid in Mm -hmm. the 80s but now especially it just doesn't work that way anymore talk about talk about that like when you and how you said if it worked that way when you were a kid in the 80s I just grew up I grew up um you know it's like I was telling y'all before I grew up everybody I looked up to had gold teeth when I was growing up I wanted gold teeth so bad I mean I wanted them so bad um, like you wanted a whole grill? I wanted a grill. Okay. The whole thing. Yeah. And then, you know, and so there was a definite style. Jabot mm-hmm. jeans, tight mm-hmm. Jabot jeans with a little tight roll at the bottom, Reeboks or Feelers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, is it Bally's? Man, that was, if you had Bally's, you, you were all right. But so there was definitely a more of a streamlined style back then. When you say Bally's, are you talking about... Bally as in the high-end designer Bally's? Yeah, but or, I'm talking about... Or New Balance. No, no, I'm talking about high-end Bally's. Okay, we okay. had some killer bootleg knockoff Bally's. <laughs> People were talking about, look at my Bally. No, yeah. they, you know. I, know, I know a woman, She, uh, I was talked to her about that, like, yeah, man, you know, I remember when I first learned about New Orleans fashion through, like, cash money or whatever. Yeah. Because um, that was the first outfit that, you know, really talked about the way people dress down right. here. And I was just like, 
fucking Jabos and Reeboks? Like, yeah. we thought that was some Bama shit, you right. know what I mean, coming from D.C. Right. You know, but she was like, nah, 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 that's how they dressed up town. You yeah. know, if you was from downtown, which, let me explain something to y'all real quick. Uptown and downtown New Orleans goes based on the flow of the Mississippi River. Right. So, reverse it. So, uptown is not uptown. Right. Right. And downtown is not downtown like you know. But right. she, she's from Treme. Okay. And so, she was like, yeah, you know, downtown, we were... Nikes and that we wore right. um, uh, uh, Air Force Ones this day right. there. I was like, oh, okay. I thought this was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. All the New Orleans was wearing, you know, Jabos, Reeboks, and so, so she broke that down. So that was the, you brought that up and made me think about that. Right. Yeah. Like, and I, I grew up uptown, and mm-hmm. I think it's funny because normally when you think of uptown and, and almost every other city I've ever been it's to, it's the northern part of the city. It's right? the northern part of the city, but it's also money. Yes. Uptown. Mm-hmm. Now look, there's money uptown in New Orleans, mm-hmm. but not the majority of uptown. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so. But that's true. You know, I never even, I never really thought about that. Because as I got older and I started being downtown, yeah, I started wearing running shoes yeah, and big jeans mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. So that's true. I never even thought about that. That's, just, that's interesting. But it doesn't exist like it like it used to. I mean, you still see the old cats, right? Like like dude in front of the corner store, you could tell he's about 45 years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Your boy is still wearing Jabos. He's not yeah, going to let that go. He's not changing. Uh-uh. shirt, he's not changing. And you got to love him for that. Yeah. I mean... He's holding on to it, you know, so mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. When okay. do you think the change actually started to happen? You know, the change of um, being authentic. Like, and I don't mean like, it don't have to necessarily be in your lifetime. Mm. Just when the city just was kind of like, look, this is who we are, and this is how we coming. I think to a degree, it's always been like that. Mm. To a degree, right? With music, we kind of do our own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, we get... Mad, yeah, mad judged by the rest of the country. I remember after Katrina, the first year after Katrina, New Orleans was like, now nah, I'm gonna have Mardi Gras. And people were like, are y'all crazy? You know, I got no money. To, we didn't even, we weren't even getting mail. The, mm-hmm. the, the trash got picked up once a month. Wow. Still gonna have Mardi Gras, right? And so. I saw that on Tremay when I was watching yeah. that show, and it's like, no, we're, we're gonna do it. It's happening. Oh, yeah, it's still happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for one, it brings a lot of people to town that spend money, right? So that's gonna boost the economy a little bit. But it's just what we do. And I think. You know, my whole life, the people that I grew up and was and was raised around here always had their own thing, whether it was style or just the way we talk. Mm-hmm. I went, you know, it, it sounds sometimes like you go to a certain part of the city, people sound like they're from Brooklyn with a little twinge of a Southern okay. accent in it. And then you go to a different part of the city and people sound old Southern genteel with a draw. Okay. You know, so I, I think it's always been authentic to some degree. Okay. But the movement, like with as far as young folks and, and artists and stuff like that, I think it was really right after Katrina. Mm. Okay. Well, I know um, the tagline that you uh, that you have in, in your bio is to create us to live. Yep. Is this statement meant for individuals or just for our collective experience as humans? collective experience as humans I think okay. and I think you know everybody creates something right are you a chef are you a bartender are you an artist podcast are you a writer you know everybody creates I think when you stop creating it's like it's like it's like air right like mm-hmm. I mean even if you're a landscaper you're still creative right you're still doing that so I think it's for everybody okay yeah cause you know you, th- you hear create and you think about these very um right these very visible right. forms of creation like 
your work or this podcast or, or music or whatever the case right. may be, you know, but even as something as little as, not even little, but something that we can consider mundane is like somebody just cooking a meal for their family. Absolutely. And enjoying that. You know, Absolutely. they're not doing it for money. They're not doing it for income. Right. They're doing it because they just enjoy cooking. So we're going to make some food for fight or even just out of a necessity. But they put a lot of love into it. Mm. I think doing something out of love is the most key component to creating. Absolutely. You know what I mean? If you don't have the love, it's just like, are you really creating or are you just trying to hustle? You're going to see it. I think that's the difference. Yeah, you can that, that's the difference between creating and hustling. Right. Love. You know, and he and I, we just we just binge watched uh, Versace. That Versace, oh, okay. uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. the series uh, American Crime American Story. American Crime Story. Yeah. And you know that's something that um, in a dream sequence that Andrew Cannon was having with yeah. um, Gianni Versace, and he and he said, you know, well, the only difference, you know, to you and as you, you got think lucky, you're better than me, and you you just got lucky, and you know, Gianni Versace nah. says, nah, the only the difference is I'm loved. You mm. know what I mean? I'm okay. Loved. He wakes up. Right. You know what I mean? And I think even with that, the, the shared difference between creating and hus- doing something as a hustle yeah. is love. Is Do you have the love and passion for it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. No how, it's crazy how much love is such a key, the, the defining element mm-hmm. in life. Right. And we just don't pay. We pay the wrong type of attention to it. Yeah. You know, we and we we try, we try to box it in into this thing where it's just it's very contrived. It's just like, oh, it's only romance or just love for your children. Right. You know, something like that. You know, love is just something that's so prevalent or should be so prevalent um, throughout throughout our lives. Anyway, well, you I'm know what? Though that sounds thing. like, um, well, no, 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 because it kind of sounds like um, love is an important in my experience in meeting people here, mm-hmm. even people that don't do anything in entertainment or nothing the key component in their interaction with me is love. Absolutely. Like, they genuinely feel whatever they're expressing towards you. If they don't like you and they saying they about to piss out of you and all, they mean that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They mean it, but if they like, you know, have a good day, sweetie, um, you know, uh, I've had people bigger, older than me, stronger than me be like, big brother. Right. And I'm like, what did that mean? Yeah, I had to I, ask, like, what did that mean, my, big brother? I'm like, my that? barber it's a sign is of respect. my barber is about six two, Love and respect. like two hundred fifty plus pounds. Every time he see me, he like, what's up, big dog? Right. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, what's up? What's happening? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a small guy. You right. Know what I mean? That's I, the thing. I think that's how we that's how we interact down here, right? Like you walk down the street, um, it's. You're expected to look at look at people and say, "Oh, how you doing?" Or just, mm-hmm. "All right." Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's my go-to is just, "All right, how you doing?" You know, it's just kind of like a, I'm acknowledging your presence, right? Mm-hmm. That's respectful. It's, um, and it's, I mean, there's love behind that, right? We're all yeah. neighbors. We're all, you know, we're, we're all humans, right? What's mm-hmm. what's wrong with a little bit of human decency, yeah, right? Yeah, a little, just a little bit of human decency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we do that pretty well down here. Oh no, that's, the most that part. is what y'all do, right? Like, y'all do that, like. You can't come here and not get that. Right, yeah. right. Like, and that's, yeah. I think, I think that's why people end up moving here, you know? They come and it's just like, oh, like the city just kind of takes you into its fold. Mm-hmm. I always describe the city as, um, as a, as a, a large African-American woman. That's what I was, a lot of my teachers growing <laughs> up. No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and look, she'll be stern with you and she'll let you know, you know, when you, when you fuck up, she's gonna let you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
and that's fine. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, she don't take care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you love, if you love her, she's gonna love you back. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, she's not gonna judge you. I mean, she might judge you a she's little bit. Judge you. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, okay. it's 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 out of love. Yes, yes. You know? She's gonna judge you, like not not just judge, because I experienced this in circles, being vulnerable with mm-hmm. people from here. They judge. Y'all yeah. will judge us, but y'all will correct as well. Right. And the correction is the part where the love come in because the way that y'all do it is like, look, that shit that you was on before, you was entitled. Right. That wasn't cool. Right. Mm-hmm. And nobody owes you nothing. Right. But if you just be kind, yeah, that'll work. Or they'll teach you how to actually get the results you want. She'll just walk in there and take your shit in there like... Like I do, right? You know what I mean? That title shit, and I be letting that actually happened to me. And I was looking, I was like, so we both entitled, right? <laughs> but I'm asking for permission to be entitled, and you're not. And because you're not, that's the proper way to do it. And it taught me something, right? Entitlement. That's how it works. Mm. It's never to be asked for. Like your art, like shit. You entitled to put this shit up. You're entitled to. To, to create it right and then share it right that's your right okay and yeah. you don't ask permission for that no. even so far to the point of putting on some shit that people are going to be like who is this man we need to arrest him right we need to get this removed because this does not belong in the front of my store right and this is garbage and this is it's bringing down the property for all that bull you are entitled to express who you are the way that you choose to so long as you're not hurting other people as a, as a basic human, right? As a basic kind of human, thing. right? Okay. Yeah, that I is agree how with New that. Orleans, in my experience, operates. Right, You're entitled to be a human being. So where, where does where does privilege come into the mix of that with entitlement? Like conflict with it, or or, or encourage it? You know what I mean? Encourage the feelings of entitlement. You know what I mean? Because sometimes people's I think people's privilege sometimes may they may be confusing that for entitlement as a right. And I think that I think that's it. I was gonna say like it's two from what I'm thinking, like definition literally like privilege and entitlement. To me it's like privilege is like damn near the same thing. Mm-hmm. But entitlement is like self. Privilege is like you have a right. Like you've either earned a right or you were just born with it. This is a privilege that mm-hmm. can be taken away. Mm-hmm. Entitlement is mm-hmm. just there. Like and, and an alienable right. Yeah, like nah, like I'm entitled to live and breathe. I never thought about that. Privilege is something that can be taken away. Yeah. I never, because, you know, we we talk about privilege a lot and the negative connotation, positive, just talking about it. But I never thought about privilege being something that can be taken away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I never thought about that. I mean, that. the three of us here, we all have different levels of privilege. Sure. Just as, as men in society, you know what I mean? And like, you know, like you as a white guy have a little more privilege that's given just right. off compared to Robert and I. Right. You know what I mean? But even still... You know, I think just being aware of that. Mm. And not even just black or white, short and tall, um, old and young, Mm. um, long hair, short hair, beard or not beard, all those different things that we have, um, that we're entitled to have Mm. come with a certain type of privilege. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's like, because I know that because I'm tall, I've got, you know, for for a, a fair skinned dude, I've got, you know, olive olive skin mm-hmm. I've got so I'm, I'm you know I've, I've used that privilege mm-hmm. trust me you know to be you know being a, a decent looking dude being tall being all that I mean I, I mean I've used that privilege yeah. for sure and it's funny like I was telling y'all before I'm half Native American but I pass as a white guy mm-hmm. right real easy yeah 
and nobody questions it. Mm-hmm. And I realized about a year and a half ago when I decided to chase my art full time that I had been using that. I never said to anybody, oh, no, I'm native. Because I, I identify personally as a native mm-hmm. because it's easier for me to get along in society. Yeah. Right? It is. So it's easier for you to get along in society. And as a white American. Dude. Okay, as a white man. And as a white man. Because if you chose native, they're it, building a wall for your ass. Right. And I, what I was also going to say, too, is like there's circles where you promoting that okay and claim like okay i'm native american first and let, letting everybody know off, right. off rip you know where that would be more of your benefit to your benefit sure than you know just showing up and uh, people assume like oh, okay he's a white guy right another another, another white guy you know what i mean benefit oh, that- is created is not created but benefit is also like um a result of privilege we use our privilege to gain benefit nobody really uses a privilege to be like oh put me in a fucked up position Right, like nobody does that shit. So it's like, like you said, in some circles you can be white, and you walk in that circle, and I'm white, and this is the privilege that I have as a white man. Not that you look down on other people, right, or any other race or any other sex. Right. Mm-hmm. Even as men, we have a certain privilege. Right, but that don't mean that we also should look down on women or children. Right, you know what I'm saying? Um, and in some circles, like you were saying, Geronimo. Um, you can walk in and the first thing that you say is no I am a native American citizen of the natural indigenous United right. States or North America not United States I am indigenous to a North America my people have come from this place for years and these are the benefits that I need I need a casino and an oil field <laughs> <laughs> need a reservation <laughs> yeah like if if that is something they was giving out for saying that right. shit, if I was, and if I could say that I was connected to this land in that way, you damn right I'd be there. Right. Well, see, sure, I realize you might, you might be. I might be. You gotta do that yeah. DNA test, man. I, I might be. Twenty three and me. You never. <laughs> you, you, you got. You gotta do it. You know what I mean? Like even me. Like okay, so I'm a I'm a trans person, but. When I show up, there's people in that community. They, they look at me. They're like, "You what? Yeah. You know what I mean?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, I don't. I'm not because I don't. I'm not. A, I don't do advocacy work or things like that. I don't just wear that shit on my sleeve. You know what I mean? Right. But I also am not quick to claim that because I know right now in the media, there's 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 a there's a leaning. They're building a wall for you. There, there's <laughs> a leaning. There's a leaning, and I don't want to make it seem as though like, oh, I'm just going to lean on that. You know what I mm. mean? To get what I to get to where I want to go. I want to. I've always been a person where I want to get to where I want to go on merit. Right. Mm-hmm. No, merit, no doubt. You know what I mean? No doubt. So, you know, is that? No but doubt. I mean, definitely just what I call what is what is not what I call what is called passing privilege. I use that. All the time. Right. I use it all the time. You right. know what I mean? This helped me and I say like I'm life's not so bad for life's actually pretty good for me as a black transgender guy in America. You so know? that makes me think, have you ever like what did you say? Passing privilege? Yes, passing privilege. So I'm thinking when you said it passing privilege, any anytime I say something I either understand or don't understand, I always think of like a whole bunch of other things that this shit could mean. Hmm. So I'm like, uh have you ever like like passed have you ever passed on your privilege have you ever like shared privilege not like with your girl or your wife or your kid but I mean like just somebody like a peer either a peer or a stranger like we walking down the street we're in a black neighborhood and we know that we can walk up to the function ain't nobody gonna say nothing to us because we black like you don't know who my cousin is at this place yeah I'm hungry I want something to eat and it's uh what is it it's uh 
What's what happens on Sunday, man? Super, uh, what? Super, it, not Super Sunday. Super Sunday. It's Super Sunday, man. I'm hungry. What, what's up? What's the function? What, what's going on? You can walk up because you're black, no questions asked. On the West Bank or wherever, especially in other places, it's not really New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But walking in as a white person, and I'm on the West Bank, and it's a community of black people, you might get a couple eyes like who, who you here with? Mm-hmm. You know yeah, I mean? who's your who, cousin? Who you know? Yeah, okay. who you know? Right. Why are you here? No, I'm right. de- I'm so def- can you pass on that privilege? I've definitely done that, mm-hmm. even just in, t- in elements where you know I had to defend somebody who didn't have the same privilege or power as me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'll I'll use it in that way, and it, it's a, just it doesn't even have to escalate to like a whole full on fight or like crazy situation, but just yeah, like it could just just, like, just, don't do just that. disarm the person, just 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 smooth mm-hmm. out the situation. You know, right. I'm like okay, he's cool, everybody cool, right. everybody cool, everybody cool. <laughs> well, you know what's, you ever done it? Well, you know what's funny. Look, let me say something real quick about this. So, like, mm-hmm. I have never had a, had an experience in New Orleans. I walked through the hood, mm-hmm. walked through a nice neighborhood. Now, look, I, I'm passing as a white dude, so walking through a nice neighborhood, and nobody's gonna say anything to me. But walking in the hood, walking up, I have never had in New Orleans. I have never had anybody be like, "Who and are when you?" You say in New Orleans, you mean like Tremaine? Yeah. You mean like Bywater? You Proper. mean like yeah? Yeah. Not not. Now what does they call it? CTC? Where? What is Cross it? Was it cross the canal or something like that? Oh, like in the lower nine? No, no, no. Well, over here, would you run yeah. into any issues like that? No, I. So now I'm not saying that doesn't exist, and I'm not saying, you know, that I think some dude from Nebraska that just moved here couldn't walk into, or would. I mean, he probably, for whatever reason, he probably would have an issue. I've just never had that issue. But I've also never, like, growing up, it would be like, oh, what's up, white boy? It never was a thing. I never took that as some kind of... As an offense. Yeah. So it just was just who I was in the neighborhood. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't... I didn't take it as a um, a negative thing. Somebody was just acknowledging who I was. Hmm. Right? And so I've never had a thing where I walked up to a function or a barbecue or going to a second line or anything where people been like, man, who's this dude? That's not, maybe I just don't pick up on it. I don't oh, know. Oh, you think it's because you, you grew up here? You know what I mean. You, you understand you, the language, right? You know, um, you grew you grew up amongst the people. You well, know what I mean. Yeah. And so maybe even the energy that you put out, you're not putting out an energy like, oh, right. this is cool. We're gonna go. Yeah. Like, you put right. out an energy like, I've been here. I'm right. just like y'all. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just not black, but it's all good. We right. we it's all love. You know right, what I mean. Right, so right. I think energy might have something to do with that too, because mm-hmm. you can tell when somebody's just like. You ain't from around these parts. You don't really know what's going on, do you? Like, I'm sure I put that out there sometimes. It's just like, because I'm observing. Because it's, it's still very new for me. I've only been here True. five months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So even as a black person in a, in, a, in, a, in a black environment, you know, I could probably give that off. And people could be like, where you from? You know what I mean? So I, I think that has something to do with it, too. I personally, I prefer to live in black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. People are nicer. I prefer it. I would rather live than like where we were on Magazine Street the other day, where everybody's looking at everybody else like what, you know, yeah, trying to like run games. Who's yeah, what, what, like who do you know shit. and who is this and who is that? Now everybody, I don't like all that. Okay, I don't right? Like when I move into a neighborhood, I'm gonna grab a, a six pack of beer or a blunt or whatever it may be, and I'm just gonna kick it with the neighbors, and then that's it. We're good, and, and that's it. Yeah. And I'm gonna look out for you. You're gonna look out for me. It's a community, right? I mean, that's the way it is. So those those are things to expect when you come down to New Orleans for anybody that's listening and considering a move here. You know what I mean? Like that's that's 
That's how the city operates, yep. generally speaking. You know what I mean? Like, if you step away from the quarter, right? <laughs> you know, and really, really, you know, you're in these neighborhoods, you know what I mean? And you really just sit and look, you ride the buses, you know what I mean? You see, like, okay, this is how I operate. So, it's a good segue because I wanted to talk in, talk about a lot of common themes in your work. Mm. You know, so religion, materialism, addiction, politics, poverty, all right. these things um, are not only very prevalent in New Orleans, but in other places as well. But since we're in New Orleans, especially um, thinking about the religious component, you yeah. know what I mean? Even taking it as far as spirituality overall. Okay. You know what I mean? So you got, you know, Catholicism, which mm -hmm. is which is huge due to just, you know, the the, the way this, the city was colonized. You know, um, you've got African traditional spiritual systems. Mm -hmm. So voodoo, um, 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 which once it got here, you know, we, we, it... it, it became the uh, the um the, main source of like religion right and then also but then you know hoodoo was created mm -hmm. you know which was a more americanized version of voodoo and then even other religion and culture here yes um but all that say all that to say um those themes um how how have they been able to just really inform your work um coming from new orleans I grew up, uh, my mom's is old school Catholic, but it's funny, I realized when I, again, when I went elsewhere, mm. all the Catholics are not created equal. <laughs> no. Um, here, my mom's, I love my mom. She's super liberal. She, you know, she loves everybody. She doesn't have a racist bone in her body. She don't care if you're gay, straight, purple, green. It, she don't, it doesn't matter. Mm. And I realized going elsewhere, it's not like that. I'm not... Catholic. I don't buy into the into Catholicism, mm -hmm. but in almost every single piece of my work, there will be something that's that stereotypical white Jesus in it. Yeah, I was looking like, <laughs> look, we can debate it all day long, but if you want to go on, where was the whether he's your God or a historical figure? What part of the world was he from? He was not white. That's mm -hmm. just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of mocking that whole thing, yeah. and I'm kind of mocking. You know, people hide behind God to do a lot of really dirty shit. Absolutely. To do a lot of really dirty things. Absolutely. So it's my way of calling that out and saying, like... Shout out the televangelists of the world. Right. <laughs> what are y'all talking about? What are y'all doing? You know, so I mean, if you read the Bible, I've read the Bible. If you read the Bible, there's all kind of... I mean, there's crazy shit, you know, like sacrificing your kids and all this other stuff. But there's all kinds of don't judge and all this other stuff. I've never met more judgy people in my life. And I don't mean like, you know, like we all judge each other, but like actually, thinking you're judge, Judging is actually healthy. Right. Judging helps people decide who to fuck with and who not to fuck well, with. That, how that, to stay true. safe. But, but that's more of an assessment. Yeah. Well, judgment, assessment, we can... Judgment's a final say. That's it. It's a final, like... You ain't shit. You ain't never gonna be shit. Your mom ain't shit. Or you, you know, are the shit. And I like you and I wanna be around right. you and talk to you. Okay. Alright, I'll give you that. Right. I'll give you that. So the judgments of you ain't shit and you ain't this and you ain't that, because you don't believe in Jesus. Right. You don't follow us our our dogma. Right. Um that's what you kinda of poking fun at. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. And I never picked that up. When I looked, I'm like, man, it's so much. And that's the thing. When I look at this, I, I look, I'm like, okay, this, this is literally Jesus in a box with machine guns and Jesus, a purse. And Mary are both holding Glocks. Yeah, like this that is piece. the most thugged out Jesus I've ever seen. 
And I'm like You like Louis Vuitton a lot Well look look Well I mean Let me say this <laughs> This is the yeah, second like, piece I've well, seen That had Louis Vuitton In the mix but Hold Geronimo, on Everybody knows that Jesus wore Louis Vuitton Look Look let me Did let, he really though Here's the thing Was he black <laughs> it, Okay <laughs> Louis Vuitton is not synonymous With black <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Hennessy maybe, but <laughs> one time I got into a heated discussion with a gentleman, I believe it was in Kentucky. Mm. And I said, Look, man That's a great place to get Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, Look, man, if you wanna really get down to it, the historical figure of your God over, Jesus was a thug. He was. Yes. He was thugged yes. out, man. The Romans wanted him dead. Think Jesus about was Tupac. Like Tupac. Mm-hmm. Tupac. Yeah. That's yes. what I've been saying for like 20 years, man. Yes. Jesus was like Tupac. Mm-hmm. And so that whole thing where he's pushing a different way of life and all that kind of stuff, I respect that. You know, that's cool. I think people have just gotten in there and muddled it all up. But Jesus was a thug, man. That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to think, if they can go and say that Martin Luther King was all about integrating and making mm-hmm. sure that people were um, working together mm-hmm. or w- however they want to phrase it um, and never mention the fact that he admitted, like, I think I'm bringing the people that are following me into a really dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't celebrate that dude. They don't talk about him at all right. on his birthday, on his national celebration day. They don't bring that dude up. Yeah. But what they do, the same thing I see they do with Jesus and right. Tupac, is they say, well, he was for his mom and follow your mom. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, And he was for helping the younger brothers in the neighborhood. Right. But it was also for shooting up white people and people who was against right. the people. Mm-hmm. Hanging their ass, castrate. If you are against the people, period. Right. Your ass can go to the place where you're trying to put the people. Your yeah. ass can be enslaved. And that's the same thing that I believe. Um, I don't want to go into that because it didn't happen. But I know that that's what Tupac was about. Yeah. Um, Until Jesus he- was definitely like, yo, like y'all on some crazy shit. And yeah. y'all really need to stop because if y'all don't, God is going to kill you all. And I'm trying to alert you to what's actually going on so right. y'all can listen and change or y'all can stay stuck in your ways um the whole idea of like i'm dying for you is kind of like no i'm creating awareness so that you know what's going on but did jesus have an ego that eventually led to his demise in the i don't way know if it was ego did. i don't know if it was ego and i don't know if it was uh i don't know if it was ego with him or uh Tupac with Jesus or Tupac or anyone that has died and been like a martyr I don't think that living for someone else involves ego like it's not like oh I'm doing this and getting satisfaction because it's this like a lot of these people were miserable Mm -hmm. like nobody paid them any attention Mm -hmm. nobody like really was like yo how you doing right it was like yo you the shit bro you helped me get through this like it reminded me of something I noticed that um, in performing like when when you perform and you do music or anything or you use your voice to speak even your art like people want to talk to you about your art but they don't really ask like how you're feeling how you're doing right. and when you tell them the amount of time that they actually listen is like kind of short right. until that kind of flips and it's like well how does what I do make you feel oh well shit I feel like this and this and right. this and this and this and this and mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of what it's about yeah. and you got to think about when those things happen to you based on your gifts and talents and you give that person a spotlight to kind of shine in your presence Mm. how much does your ego fed then how good do you feel actually hearing where they going yeah 
how they're doing how good do you actually feel and it's like yo like i appreciate that you're feeling this from my creation my gifts and talents but i'm going through some fucked up shit and right. i gotta like and i'm hungry i really could use a philly cheesesteak right now right. yeah you know i'm saying i like some cookies right now is that but how you how you're really feeling or i might be moment? really feeling like that <laughs> you want a cheesesteak right now i'm hungry and i do want some cookies okay. so you know i should have brought i was gonna bring the the the, the, the pecan sandwich too yeah so but then I said, nah, that's too much with the wine and shit. You know what I mean? Maybe we have, and I don't want to. I, might be I don't want to eat on air. Yeah, like, that, that, I, that's, yeah. yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good sign. Um, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to get nothing in the mic. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but not nah, like as a as a creative person, um, you can create from ego, and you can let that feed you and get off on like people giving their. Um, opinions and their experience of what you're doing mm -hmm. you can get off on that mm -hmm. oh yeah but um it's empty it's Fleeting really empty too. it just doesn't last long you no know? it's like boom okay cool i did it right what's next you know right. what i mean and then it's like nothing's next after that it's just right. an endless cycle of the same shit as hell purgatory you're just sitting there it's purgatory i feel like that may be what jesus was literally getting at okay those ideas is what he literally is getting at i don't think like and now this is like kind of talking about like my, my beliefs, but as a creative person, I don't believe like um we like die and go to hell and all mm. that shit. Like I think those things exist now. Like mm. I don't feel like I agree with the that. way that yeah. yeah, like like the heaven that you feel in creating, you know what I'm saying? Like knowing every single day this is what I'm about to be doing and I can express who I am. Yeah. The way that you feel just Geronimo just in you knowing like I am a lifestyle in urban culture you a fucking specialist like you know this shit the way you feel even sharing that information like mm. creating like a platform for like that's like heaven mm -hmm. mm. and to see like it being destroyed or to see it being like not valued or whatever it may be that shit that hurts that's that hurts the ego but i don't think that um jesus tupac none of the unofficial martyr well I don't want to say unofficial some people choose to follow them mm -hmm. so I'll just call them teachers mm. um, I don't feel like the teachers um, taught from ego I thought they I feel like they taught because they really do care about people yeah. they really do understand pain <coughs> and ego and um, generosity and kindness and humanity at a different level mm. right. they've experienced it at a different level that most people haven't when you right. create that's what you tap into in my opinion and i agree with that are we living in purgatory is earth purgatory i was i, I was no. i was asked that. i, I always wondered so. that no. you know what i mean and and, and yeah, i always wondered that and if even if well, for people who believe that is it like it's just that is that just their perspective I, but it, it depends you would have because i believe i've always believed life is what you make it yeah i've never yes i have look but that depends on your I, belief i have, I have right. every reason in the yeah, world yeah. i have every reason in the world to be like Man, the man's keeping me down. I could, I could buy into all that shit. But Food stamps, I, yeah. I, but I've always <laughs> said life is what you make it. You know, you are where you are. Ninety percent of it mm -hmm. is because of the choices you've made oh, in your that. life. You know no what I mean? Doubt. You know, yeah. and I don't care socioeconomic background, race, none of that. I don't care. You right. know what I mean? You are where you are. 
you are an able-bodied, fully functioning, thinking person. You are where you are because of the decision that you made in your life. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, no doubt. Now, well, sometimes. So I said, ninety percent. I said, I said, I said things out of you. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they, they, people be lying on you. That people. Ninety percent. Ninety percent. You know what I mean? And even you know, for those people who like you know, for whatever reason, their experience has been colored by you know, just like their block, mm. and that's where it stops. You know what I mean? That's I, purgatory. Okay, but is huh. it is it purgatory to us or purgatory to them? To them. But are they okay with that? If that's all they know and they cool and they think the buck stops there. It could be ignorance is bliss. If you don't know you're in purgatory, then it's like shit's cool. Mm-hmm. But even like our idea of heaven, like somebody we could we could literally run into forty thousand dollars and change and flip the whole podcast. You could run into fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars and change the size of the studio that you work in. Oh, no doubt. Or the size of the boxes that you created or the style of box. You could start creating art in caskets. Which is actually kind of a tight idea. That's a good idea. I'm saying, yeah, you know, good idea, idea man. But, okay, so I just I, that's what I do. Right. <laughs> Which would be dope considering New Orleans, like I said the other day, how yeah. New Orleans has hey, this hey, interesting wait, 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 wait a minute though, hold on now. Wait a minute though. Wait a minute though. Wait a minute though. Okay, okay, okay. Because you know we can talk about some of these things off air and also if anyone is interested in hiring me as a creative consultant, <laughs> um, I am available for services. You can uh, get at me on my Instagram at, yes, yes. at Robert J <laughs> underscore BB mm-hmm. for Bebe or uh, or uh, Big Body. You know, whatever you want to do, inbox me and we can talk about it because I create a consult. But that's seriously what I do. Like, I think of those sorts of things. Anyways, the point is, is like, what she's doing right now for you could literally be heaven. But you could, somebody else can come who is doing something like that, who's taking whole houses and being like, I'm putting in whatever I want to put in the design. This is what I'm doing here. The same way you do with a box. For them, what they see you doing, be like, oh, okay, that's cute. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's nice. Yeah, that's cute. Like, okay, he's in his little purgatory. I was there. But for them, what they're doing is like heaven. Mm-hmm. And then for somebody else who's doing that shit with a whole country, mm-hmm. what they're doing with a house is like heaven. So I think that like, I mean, it's like purgatory. So I think that the idea of purgatory is literally subjective to each individual. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for me, I could be living my best life and be happy with it. Somebody else could see, like, man, he is living like a complete bum. Right. Like, poor guy. Right. <laughs> this guy, so, man, somebody send that guy a piece. Yeah. Get him some milk. You right. know what I'm it's saying? It's a very individualistic uh, 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 perspective. And I was, as we've been talking, I thought about just, again, these same things, and I'm watching people ride by and walk by. I was like, all of this is New Orleans, and without all these different things, New Orleans wouldn't be what it is. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Religion, materialism, addiction, politics, and, po- and even with materialism, some people might be like, "What do you mean?" It's like, I'm like, "Nah, I know a few places I can walk by on Canal Street that embody like materialism." Oh yeah, I know there's oh, a, yeah. a, a place. I know there's a few right spots across the street. I know right across the street from here, that little this little fashion yeah. store, the fashion store where they got all of the highest end hood fashions. I ain't never been in there because I because I I I walk past him like Geronimo. Nah. Yes, you have. You've been in so many different places just like that all across. The nah, country. I'm gonna They're tell you why I ain't never go in there because or never thought to go in there because I I know what it's hitting on, and mm-hmm. I know it's not like official and legit. No, you, no, they just sell an idea. That's it. They selling the idea of once you have these things, you're important. That's oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah. That's it. Well. Nonetheless, even still, you know, 
I know there's definitely places in this city where you can go with this like it's like fueling materialism. There's Absolutely. people I've seen walking down the street and it's just like you are just a whole fucking billboard and this is <laughs> this is yes. where I, this is where I get the judging. I'm just like, why would you wait? No, 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 making assessments. You be making assessments. You ain't judged it yet. Changing that word. No, nah, yeah. no, that moment I'm judging. So, so it's complete. Like you are. No, there. I, 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 I admit the fact that I, I, I will judge people. No, I judge too. You know what I mean? Bring it in. If I, when I meet you, I'm judging you. Um, we you are. Know, I'm judging the but, shit out of you. Am I fucking with you or not? Yeah. But you know, True, I'm, yeah. I'm looking. I'm just like, eh. Why would you even put that in the, the, the like you still wearing that? That's not even popping. I'm like, you mm-hmm. think that's the shit? I can uh, You know what? Let me keep on walking, cause this ain't about it. <laughs> what you what you talking about though? Like what? Like give me an example, you know what I mean? Okay, so say for instance, like okay, so down here, you know, Supreme is a, is is very popular um, amongst amongst a certain set, and I'm just like, Yeah, it's Supreme. I mean Supreme is dope. You know what I mean? But like it's Supreme, like this like it's like we, I guess because I also, I'm coming from a place where like, I've been known about Supreme for a very, 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 very long time. Mm. Whereas like, here it's just like, yeah, we got the Supreme. You even go into certain stores, like I said, some of these stores on Canal Street, like they're selling Supreme. I'm sure they're just getting it wholesale or just buying oh, yeah. a bunch of it and just upcharging even more than what it already costs. And because people don't know, but it's easily accessible. And I'm just like, well, I could tell you how to get this shit for a better price. You know what I mean? Shit, make a gift, take a trip. The fucking New York for a weekend and go get that shit like, you know, straight up retail. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this is how you gotta do it, this is how you gotta get it. You know what I mean? But I see that or just some other brands too, and I'm just like, yo, wearing all this together, and it's like, but I get it. I get I get why. You know what I mean? I get why and I get what's influencing that. You know what I mean? So again, that's why I just wanted to make that the materialism. That the materialism component. Yeah, bring it back to me. The materialism that, that, of everything. So again, religion, materialism, addiction, politics, and poverty. This is well, I do what I like to say about New Orleans. I'm just gonna say it real quick. I'm, okay. not, I'm not gonna go off on a thing, but come on, tell me, Jeff. New Orleans has like historically and with fashion and stuff like that been about God, a good ten years behind. Okay. You mm-hmm. know, like if it was hot in New York, it's gonna take a while. It's not as much like that because people come here and people are moving yeah. here now, so it's a and little bit media. better. <laughs> and social media, it's a little bit better. But I remember in the '90s, dudes were walking down the street, and I mean mid to late '90s with starter jackets. Mm. Big flat tops and boom boxes, and I thought, man, this is like the '80s, right? Like, you know, that's the '80s, man. That is the well, '80s. I had a starter jacket in like 1990. <laughs> but you know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. in New Orleans, like, okay. it just took a while. So again, that's another mm. pre and post Katrina thing. But it's a little different now. But it's, right. you, you're right with the Supreme stuff and everything else. Like, it's it just takes longer for yeah. stuff to get here. But again, all of that. Without all of those things, New Orleans wouldn't be what it is. Right. You know what I mean? Definitely. And so I see now, just like I said, as we've been talking, as I've been watching people ride by, you know what I mean? Looking again at the work that you brought in, you know, New Orleans wouldn't be that without that. And I right. think that's, that's key. I mean, even if you look at the bad parts, like addiction, materialism, poverty. Right. Politics even, because politics, that's a... Oh, yeah, that's a whole nother... And I haven't delved, I've, I've looked into local politics somewhat here, but I haven't really, really, really delved into it. But I can see just a little bit that I've looked into. I'm like, okay, this, this, they got some shit here with them. Oh, yeah. They got some shit. Oh, yeah. They got some shit. But like any place does, you know, with politics, you know. I think I think with, with me, like with the addiction, the poverty, look, addiction's not a good thing, right? It, it destroys lives, destroys families and all that stuff. Poverty as well, not good. 
But growing up here, in the time I did, where I did, I was able to look at people, like I do a water meter mm -hmm. that says crackhead heroes mm -hmm. or toothless superstar. Mm -hmm. I think Correct. those are just people, man. Like they're still yeah. just people and it doesn't matter you know they have this sickness they have an addiction that that keeps them going back to the rock or the heroin or whatever it might be but you don't know their backstory mm -hmm. you don't know what they've been through and you also don't i've sat with junkies on, on you know on the street yeah. and had conversations about you know socrates and stuff like that like it don't i think people tend to judge people with addictions and and, and poor people like oh well they don't they don't know any better or they yeah. don't know what they're doing or you know this and that it's not always that cut and dry. Yeah, just one decision that took them down that Things route, but that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that they that was the some there's some experience. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Talk about your commission work. Commission work. Yes, yes, yes. yes. What you mean? Like the work that you've done, that you've like any work you've been commissioned for to yeah, do. You or, get you know commission for doing any work that you do in the box. not really i've publicly. done some not publicly I've, okay. I've not been commissioned to do any public art um new orleans we gotta change that we gotta yes. get this man some commission work man. yes every once in a while actually people will reach out and they'll be like oh you know i would really love to have one of the water meters in front of my house and me That's being right. me i just go do it because i'm gonna do it anyway so <laughs> i don't charge anybody anything for it oh I'm, t I'm talking about the city like the city government like yeah, no. Like, uh, yeah, no. or some institution saying, hey, Jeff, come hook something up for I us. I would love to. You know what I mean? I would love to. I have, I've not had the opportunity. I, I have made, done boxes, you know, assemblage sculpture stuff where people will give me, you know, some, whether it's toys or something that they had from their childhood or from their dad, and I'll incorporate that into some work I've done that a few times mm -hmm. but other than that I've never had anybody straight out commission me to do something okay and I, you know it's it's, it's it's hard for me a lot of my work I don't start I don't see it I don't see it's completion when I start mm -hmm. I just do I just start doing you know and I'm like oh wait at Jesus' foot, feet, he needs to have a bunch of cigarette butts. And so I hand make tiny cigarette butts that go at his feet and stuff like that you know it, it just kind of it's compulsive. It just kind of comes out. I can't, you know. So this this one Jesus this one Jesus piece. How long did it take you to do this? Off and on, probably about a week. Okay. And I'll work on on certain things. You know, like I'll work on things at, at different times. Like this little one with the raccoon police officer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that took me about a night. That's a simple piece. The idea behind it is is a lot a lot more simple than, yeah. than the the one with Jesus, but. You know, I mean, probably probably about a week, off and on. Labors of love, man. Yeah. It's just a quick just, turnaround. Do you just be having, like, these little big pieces, of, like these guns and these toys yes. and skulls, like, just laying around? You collect these things? Yes. It's as well compulsive. It's, uh, uh, I'll go out, buy stuff from flea markets, from the Goodwill. Get, I'll get stuff out of the trash. Yeah. A lot of stuff, you know, looking at that piece right now. There's probably, like, amongst the garbage down there, there's probably stuff I just picked up on the street. You know, what's funny, when people think about the creation of art, they think about, like, what it looks like afterwards. Like, oh, you just compulsively are creating this art. They don't have to think about the compulsive part and the addictive part is the hunt and the journey and finding, like, all these ideas of how you're going to put it all together. Like, you got, I'm just looking, I'm like, you got shoes of, I can't think of my man's name, uh, Th those are Hermes. Mardi Gras beans. Yeah, I'm looking like he got Hermes feet. Right. Literally, like, just in this piece and he's got pill bottles and no these are alcohol 
wine bottles and stuff like magazines that you had to collect to to build these things man that's like this yeah like those are louis those are you know louis vuitton ads yeah. that i've cut and then incorporated old pictures of jesus and mary into it and i've got old magazines i love like i, I love fashion too you know i i I can spend hours looking at that at that stuff and it just happens man I don't, I don't everybody always asks me like oh how do you do it how does, where's the idea come from I have no idea I yeah. really like this whole 3D collage thing like yeah. this is this is this is really dope I've never seen or if I have I, I, this is not coming to me but just you're this is right here in front of my face but like I, I really like it it just takes it it takes it adds a new element What's well, uh, like, to, to just like the whole collage effort right. you know what I mean well, it's, it's for me so and this is another thing that's compulsive. Like, so this this piece would be meant to be hung on the wall. And this was a study of a of a larger piece that I was gonna do. Um, but because it's, it's meant to be hung on the wall like that, I still collage the back. I can't help it. To me, if I didn't finish the entire thing, it would not be complete. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of like Kent and kind of talking cold because this might be an idea that mm -hmm. would be a good one. Um, but I was talking to a friend about doing paintings and things like that and kind of like making it like um you know like using every surface possible yeah you know what i'm saying to create mm -hmm. and thinking about the fact that people only do it like one particular way right having it where it can almost be like how you know how fashion be where you can just be like oh you know i don't feel like wearing it like this today i can wear it like right. this today or i can't hang it like this today right you know what i'm saying like um, I am doing my absolute best to speak in um, cold. You want to just talk about this off the record? I mean, I'm kind of giving just... it the idea right now. So once I'm done with it, it's like, oh, okay, that's the idea. Um, either we build on it or we don't. But um, yeah, like that seems to be what you are doing. Well, what you're doing, with, well, what you're expressing when you do that. Right. Like, it's literally both sides. I can use both sides yeah. as art in my home. Right. And that's really dope, and I think that that would be like you listen to you listen to Neptune's, you listen to music, right? Oh yeah. All right. So oh, you yeah. know how Pharrell got the boom, 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 boom. boom. He always got right. the four count, right? That's like his thing, mm -hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you have like a thing besides like your signature? Like, if somebody saw your work and with no name, would you have? Would we, they know yeah. this I, was you? So that's the you know so that, that's an interesting question because. I can't, I look and look and look and look. And there are people who do assemblage sculpture work and stuff like that, but I have not seen anything that looks like what I do. Hmm. That's, that's, that's great. It's my, it's authenticity. But at the same time, a lot of galleries won't mess with it because they're hmm. like, well, I don't have anything to compare to. I have anything, you know, so it's, it's definitely really different. So yeah, I mean, I think anybody who saw my work would recognize my work whenever I'm in the public at a market or you know doing a show. Nobody ever says, "Oh man, your work reminds me of so's and so's work." Yeah, ever. Yeah, never. I never get that. So, do you get people like that want to like copycat what you do? And if you do, how do you feel about it? Like, how does that? Is it flattering or is it kind of like offensive? Is it like? You know? I've never seen anybody doing. Not yet. I'm sure it's gonna happen. It's like the water meters thing. Nobody else is doing that. Um, and I wouldn't mind, you know, back in my younger days, I would be all upset about it. Like, mm -hmm. that's my thing. You yeah, know, yeah. why are you jacking my style and all that stuff? Now, it doesn't bother me. 
Mm. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be bothered by it. I mean, if if you're creating and that's look, we all pick little things from here and there and everything else, right? We're all influenced by the people we meet and everything. Mm. So, I mean, if you if somebody was making reproductions of my work, you know exactly. Yeah, I'd be mm -hmm. upset about that. But if they took it and put their own twist on it, nah, man, that's cool. I mean, that's you know, I I'd be flattered. Wiss hmm. Wiss, I want to move into a random aside in a second. But what's uh, what's your what's one of not the but what is one of your most prized creations or or favorite? Just one of one. okay. <laughs> um. It was probably that one, the Louis. I don't know why. Yeah, that Louis was tight. Yeah, that that kicked off a whole series. Um, me making that one. So that one, and then there's this one, the first real assemblage sculpture that I ever made was. Uh, it's gonna sound. It's a. It's it's a die. It's in a box. It's in an old drawer, and it's a winter scene in a forest. And I took a deer that was being sold at Target. And I cut the head off, and I had a coyote skull, and I put the coyote skull on the top of the deer where the head would be. Yeah. And I took old brooches, like a, or no, they were old earrings, like big earrings that a, you know, older lady would wear. Put those over the eyes, and that's really what kicked it off for me. Mm. Like doing that kind of work. I always done collage and stuff like that, but that kind of stuff, and I still have that piece. Just this real, in your face. Yeah. Um, provocative yeah. type of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Have right. you ever like? Were you ever trained? No. Nope. Like, never? Never. Nope. Like, I, I went to an art school. We talked about it earlier. I went to an art school. And even as I'm looking at my man Jesus holding a purse in this beautiful gown, um, Louis V. Purse, uh, I'm looking at the way you cut the neck. Yeah. And it's very, very accurate to what the proportion is. And you kept in mind, like, the even the direction of it, like, the line, the diagonal of it is, like, it's really, really, um, it's, it's accurate, mm -hmm. you know, and they used to have us do stuff like this in school, but it wasn't like, um, themed or like an idea, yeah. you know, it was just like, just cut some random shit and just put it together, you right. know what I'm saying, but there's a reason for this, so I get the artistic part and the individualistic part and the authentic part of doing it, but the actual practice of doing it like how you can build a house but then the way that you build it is up to you right you know what i mean like you can be taught how to do it you weren't taught how to do this no nope. this is literally of your own creation yeah like that's priceless because you don't you don't run into people very often who i think we just start waving at the people that we're yeah. here just like hey yo you know um, i like giving them the ice grill like yeah, but I be feeling like that too. Like, man, what Who is the you? fuck y'all looking at? But at the same time, it's like, um, and I want to make, I want to actually say this too in a little bit, but because um, my idea on being friendly to people is kind of changing since I've been here. But um, as I'm just looking at, it, I'm like thinking about my own experience. Like, you you talk to do these things. You do this on your own, and the fact that you can do this on your own, it's like well damn he's doing this and it's the right way to do it mm -hmm. like I'm look like this is how you're supposed to do it he's doing this on his own what else is in your mind that you're not creating yet that right. you're about to birth from doing this this is a seed for something what are you dreaming of now what not just dreaming of but what is dormant in you that you don't even know of that I'll, you're about to do alright so this you said you know somebody's doing it like I'm doing a little box somebody's doing a house yeah. but I, I've been my dream and I can see it you know I can it, I can it's almost I can almost touch it 
is um, to do, you know, basically a space, a gallery kind of space, but, you know, basically take it over, curate it to a, to a degree, bring in some other street artists and people who are doing things real different. But I want to build a whole, like, town in rubble, mm-hmm. basically tires that you know they don't have to be on fire because they're gonna be inside stuff like that like what i remember of the 80s so i that's what i want to do is big installations mm-hmm. you know where people can come and it's interactive you can walk through it yeah, yeah, yeah and there might be some other people's artwork that are in it you know but installations to the point where i'd love to have a warehouse i'd love to do it in a warehouse and and you know i'm pulling garbages old couches we build the side of of, of buildings and put you know iron grills on the on the windows and stuff like that and show art through that that's what i would love to do mm-hmm. so but that's you know it's a lot of money <laughs> yes <laughs> to I get mean, that together no, I think you can. not that it's not possible though. i'm working on it yeah well i'll get there it's just a lot of money i'll get there but it's possible have you looked have you already looked into pricing for like warehouses in in new orleans not yet okay cause I'm, I'm just curious to know like what's the going rate not, for I warehouses haven't. in different parts of the city you know yeah i haven't yet um but you know, I'm hoping in the next couple of years. I'm looking for gallery space now and, and stuff like that. Different galleries that would be willing to give me a shot. But you know, hopefully I can take that, you know, and fund fund the rest of it. I mean that's what I would like to do is is big installation kind of kind of stuff. That would be dope. Yeah, I think it would be necessary too. I'm open a yeah. gallery. I'm open a gallery here. That's one of the other brick and mortar. I got Tons of brick and mortar business ideas. Yeah. I'm open up a gallery. I already know what it's going to be called. All of that. Yeah, I'm going to do that here. I'm just putting that out there. Y'all heard it. I'm opening up a gallery. Um, but he didn't give no details, so you can't steal it. Yeah. Just keep it I mean, if people can open up galleries, I just don't want nobody to steal the name. Nah, but the way you're going to do it is going to be different. I mean, everything I do is different. Right. You know? So, <laughs> you know. Um, all right. It's time for random aside. Actually, I got one more question. You went to art school. You didn't go to art school. Mm-hmm. Is art school really necessary? Hell no. Nah. No, I don't think so. Especially no. considering that most art schools. Well, I don't know. Let me not say that. We. I'm our, biased. Our, our, our art school. Our art schools teaching the business of whatever your chosen art is. Yet the art school I went to did not teach me anything about business on any level mm. right the public school that I went to that was actually supposed to be like the lowest in the area I went they taught me more about business than the art school I spent six seven years at the one year that I went to the like the one year I went to the school in Indianapolis um, and learned all the stuff that I did I learned more about business and how to actually do something with the art that I had um, been doing at the other school mm-hmm. for all that time art schools teach you about how to create well, the art school I went to process. teach you about how to create, how to process, how to think critically, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't teach you about how to manifest. They don't teach you about how to um, stop dreaming and start putting things down, and right. like how how to start grounding things. They don't teach you that. They you don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's what they do. So basically, they teach you how to create. They send you on your way, hoping for the best that somebody will find you and you'll be discovered. That's it. Yeah. Or no, well, not entirely. Um, that's for for me it was like go to college mm-hmm. go to college and then get that grounding but here our job is to show you how to easily tap into it 
And that's not necessary. You don't have to teach somebody how to easily tap into it. The things that teach people how to tap into shit quickly is experience. Yes. Absolutely. So the more you get put into a situation, instinctively it becomes like, oh, okay, this is what I need to do. Right. If somebody throw shit, I don't know how many whoopings anybody got growing up, but I know this is a common mm-hmm. thing. When you see your I didn't mom, get that many. Well, when you, but you, you got enough to know when you see that belt coming, yeah, yeah, yeah. get the hell out the way. And yeah. it didn't take a lot of time to figure it out. Right, right, right. So then your, your behavior started to become, well, shit, what, don't, what shouldn't I do yeah. to get a whooping? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you started to be conditioned for that. So that's what art does. It conditions you to start, well, art schools. Art schools, I'm saying, art schools. They condition you to always be creative and always never have a real ground in reality. The ability to think about business the way that I do comes from my family, not from my schooling. It comes from seeing how they are and seeing how they operate to be like, oh, if I can make a beat, maybe I can sell it and then buy some shit to like make more beats because right. making beats makes me happy and fuels the artistic shit that's in my head and all, it reaffirms everything that I learned in art school yeah I can do that yeah, a right. bunch of times all I gotta do is just sell a bunch of beats and I can do this shit for the rest of my life I'll be happy that's what the business side teaches yeah. art school don't teach you that shit okay so art schools are still not teaching from, from the school's perspective I don't know about your perspective Jeff, I, I don't think so I mean I, I, I have nothing to base it, base it on I mean, well, you do because you didn't. You didn't, didn't have go. anybody telling you all the time, right. like, create and make sure you stay in the lines. Now, this week we're going to do right. an exercise on staying outside the lines right. and doing artistic, abstract, monochromatic, fucking photosynthesis and shit. Photosynthesis is not an art word. It's just, <laughs> I say, that's not an art word. It's I not an art word. Science class. <laughs> it's we not talking about word. plants and shit. I was, I was, I was being facetious. <laughs> And, and, I, and I mean no disrespect to my art teachers um, Mr. Gonzalez was amazing Miss Kermit was amazing um, Like y'all were amazing Miss Kramer, she's not an art teacher But she did teach me about creative writing She's amazing Those types of people, they are amazing yeah. So I apologize if I offended them mm-hmm. But to the culture I was being facetious Photosynthesis is a very artistic word <laughs> No, nah, but I think, I think art school Like I think I've I've benefited <laughs> I've benefited from not going to art school. Okay. Because what I do is different. Nobody, it's not structured in any kind of. Well, this is, you know, a traditional way to do this yeah. and this and that. I just do. So. That's why I make sure I, I, like I refer think, to you as a multidisciplinary you know artist. Right. I'm glad that you said that too, because me going to art school makes me not want to create this. I know how to do this, and I don't want to do that. Right. That is not what I was taught. I do not. Jeff, it is for you. Because right. I don't have the patience anymore to do it. Right. They force me to have to like think this way mm-hmm. to create that right. particular. No, I want to do that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. But you don't have those constraints no. mentally. Nope. So, I mean, I want to hear about it. Everything I learned about business, mm-hmm. I learned from uh, listening to people like Jay Z. Oh, shout out to Jay Z. I'm not joking. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to Jay Z. I mean, that's just the way it. You know looking at dudes like that and then I, I was lucky enough to grow up around some I've owned quite a you know a few businesses a few of them successful a few of them got shut down um, but th- that's for real I mean at the literally the everything I like my the way I would structure any business is honestly kind of like a drug dealer it's you know I mean so yes so honestly <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is but so what's your most expensive piece of art here and why right here mm-hmm. 
I'm real flexible with my prices. Probably, <laughs> but see, probably, you, that was you, a good before answer. Before you came here, now we were talking about having a high moral compass and being able to just walk that line of like, okay, how do you make money and how are you able to sleep at night? Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? What's that line that you draw? Where's the, how far on either side is that line? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Some people don't mind homelessness and having a book bag full of shit they made. Right. And other people, they're like, look, I saw this type of shit was popping. Like, there's one particular artist. I actually met him when I was working at Warby Parker in New York. I don't want to say his name on air because he was cool. But he's a, in the art world, people view him just as a hustler, not as a real artist. And they say, like, he just takes other people's shit and he's been able to just make a, a whole bunch of money from the shit. I think mm. I know what you're talking about. But um, I'll say his name <laughs> off air. But. You got people like him as well. You know what I mean? It's just like, they killing it. Right. Financially, they get money. Right. But it's just like, you just cracked, you know, the the, the, the Da Vinci Code. Right. Like, you ain't really about this life, though. You right. Know? It's uh, for me, like, like that Louis piece right there, I'd like, look, I, I, honestly, I'd like to get 850 out of it. Mm-hmm. But for real, like, what's really real is that if some lady or some dude, well, you know, I was at a marketer show and they just really loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, you could see it. And, you know, can I take a picture? Can I this and can I that? I would, I'd, I'd, I'll ask them, you know, what, well, you know, you want to buy it? I mean, I, I can't afford that. What can you afford? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I got 250 for you right now. Right. And I would be like, that's cool. You know, because I just create and I create and I create and I create and I create. And so I want my work, what I want my work to do is to, to push the envelope make people think about shit a little bit different than they did before mm. um, call out who I need to call out even if it's subtle and I want people to like it I don't want people to buy my work because it's going to be worth something one day because my work's probably not going to be worth, some, worth anything one day well, I mean that's that's rare I'm just saying but I want people you have to live with my art right you're going to put it in your house you're going to have to look at it I mean I guess you could put it in a closet at some point but I want people to own my art because they love it. And quite often that comes not from people who are like, what's the price? $1,200? No problem. Mm-hmm. Right? They're buying art for status, for this, for that, for everything else. So my prices are real flexible. So you're not striving to be in the next Sotheby's auction or be the next Jeff Koons or any of, those, any of that? Okay. I mean, I would. what I want... You know, I used to say I'm going to be Basquiat famous one day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I love that dude. Um, that was another just, like, by chance, by luck. You right. Know I mean? mm-hmm. one per- and he was just like, look, you want me to do this? Give me some money. Right. <laughs> you got it. Give me some money. Right. You know? But, you know, I think we, we, we destroy people like Basquiat when not, you know, just the, the proverbial we as humans. We just eat them alive because, look, what happened to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, I would like to be able to create. I don't need to be rich. I don't need to be famous. If I could create and lead a decently comfortable life, decent, I don't need to be comfortable. I don't need to live in a big house. I don't need to, you know, whatever. I don't I don't need any of that stuff. If you I just, could create. You don't want to have to worry about how the next thing's going to get paid, you know, day to day. I don't even mind that. Okay. I don't mind a little bit of a struggle. I don't mind being like, ooh, I got to do something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind that as much because for me, I'm living my dream. Mm-hmm. I made good. I was in a position where I made decent money before and I was not happy. I was not happy. I was miserable. I was doing stuff yeah. that like we talked about earlier. He made, he made great that. money. 
No, I, I get it. <laughs> he made great I money. It. But I was not happy. I was doing yeah. stuff that I wasn't proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, I wasn't looking at myself being like, yeah, you know, I, I, I killed life today. Mm-hmm. I did it. And I helped these people and I did this and I did that. And no, I wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, it's like with the water meters, I don't make any money off of that. I mean, well, I mean, I sell prints of them, but you know, for the, the amount of time I put into it, but it's the messages I get on Instagram. I put a love is bipolar one out and a girl sent me a message. She took it and posted, she found it, posted it. And she was like, you know, I was diagnosed bipolar and I've always been, you know, ashamed of that and everything else, but I'm putting this on my Instagram now to say, I got these problems. And so I, that, that's one little instance where that made me feel good about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, me just putting that on the street, I made her feel comfortable with herself. You help somebody make it easier to survive. And so that's yeah. that's what I want to do. And I don't need to be I don't need to be rich. Okay. We're gonna put a period there and we're gonna move in a random aside. All right. Are you ready? I, I you, think I, so. Okay. I don't remember what, what it's random just, aside we, is. I'm, we just gonna ask you some random questions okay. about stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with the work you do or it could. That'll work. You know? Um so are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's the flyest thing you've ever done? Uh, I opened my art gallery. I owned an art gallery. Okay. I think that was the, that's probably that the flyest fly. thing I, I ever did. Okay. Is it possible to make the process look sexy? Absolutely. Come on. <laughs> Describe life of Kanye West as president. Oh my God. <laughs> Kanye West's life as president? No. Describe our lives our as lives. American citizens if Kanye West were president of the United States of America. Total chaos. Okay. What's the kindest thing you've ever done that you never got credit for? Oh shit! Uh, I did not did not evict somebody that my boss at the time was trying to get me to evict, and I just kept buying time and buying time and telling him that I was, you know, whatever. And then eventually I put money mm. down on on her rent, mm. and that was fine. That's so good. when she called, she said I got the money. I just said you're good. Don't worry about it. That's gangster. Yeah, I would say that's pretty fly. Um, be rich where you are or live wherever you want on your current income. Be rich where you are or live wherever you want on your current income. I mean, I I like where I'm at. As far as like where, like, like, you know, geography goes. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I I let go with uh, live wherever I want on my current income. Okay. Let's go with that. Name the best chicken spot anywhere. So let me preface this. <laughs> I got you. Because Robert and I, we've decided that we're going to go on a, a, a chicken spot tour. I got <laughs> you. I'm about to take the pizza one too. For real? You want to do pizza? You really want to do pizza? You know what? I'll do that on my own time. Okay. Cause, yeah, cause <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'll go on the pizza one. With I'm you. not excited okay, about yeah. the pizza. The, the fried, yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, ah. the, the chicken, the chicken, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I, I, have a, I have a love-hate relationship with chicken. Okay. Sometimes it's the devil and sometimes it's not. Um, oh, how did chicken turn out for you last night? Like cool. you good the morning? Oh yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was okay. I, only, I only had two pieces. Oh, so you did better. Now I the chicken I had up. the other night, where I felt the trauma of the chicken that was killed, and I felt this wave of anxiety come over me after I ate this chicken, had me rethinking. Like I think I should go vegan. <laughs> I don't want to feel any more tra- trauma from the, the the death of this meat. But anyway. Um, we're going on a chicken tour. We've already went to one place, and I went to another place, and we're just going to do more chicken tours. If anybody knows, okay, best best chicken spot anyway. Alexis Fried Chicken. 
It used to be on Claiborne. Okay. It's not there anymore. But that's the family that owned that place is from here. So New Orleans, if anybody knows where I can get Alexis Fried Chicken now. Okay. Alexis Fried Chicken. It was it was twenty four hour Alexa, like Alexa, like Alexis. Oh, Alexis. Okay, okay. Alexis so, Fried Chicken. Yeah. A L E X. I S. I S. Yeah. Okay. Shit like that. Yeah. But twenty four hours. It fine. used to be twenty four hours, and it's not there. I mean, it's one of those didn't come back after Katrina things. But I, I feel like somebody from the family of who used to work there is making chicken somewhere in this city. They can't be. They can't. We gonna be do gone. some research. We gonna they, find they out. Took it to Hollywood. I don't know, man. I don't know. Those were some new ones ass people, man. They and it was twenty four hours. Twenty four. A twenty four hour chicken spot. Bulletproof window. Ah, I would love to go. Yeah. Okay. It was man. It was dope. All right. All right. Is Nas' album really done? What the current one? (laughs) The one that's been coming out. There's no. This is a very. This is all you. There's no right or wrong answer to these questions. So. Yeah, I'm trying not to say nothing. I used to love Nas. Um, He's still my favorite rapper. Yeah, okay. I've just been a little disappointed, but go ahead. Yeah. No. No? Okay. That gives me hope, because I don't believe that it was really done. Uh, you just had a shitty day. What's your comfort food or vice of choice? Ooh. Um, my comfort food? Um, roast beef po' boy. Mm. Mm. I have had one. I've had, I have an affinity for those. I there's the only certain spots where they're really good. So I like the one at Verdi Mart. That's the best one. So okay, you are right. that was my first. That, that was my first roast beef. Verdi Mart. Verdi Mart down there on um, uh, what is that? Uh, Royal Street. Um, like as soon as you like a couple blocks down from Esplanade. Court. Yeah, that's right the there on best the corner. One. Verdi Mart. Yeah, they got the best roast beef po' boy. Right. Yeah, dirty. You know, with the debris and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the best one. And I'll add, I add like jalapenos and shit too oh, to yeah. give a little kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta try it. Yeah. I ain't had a roast beef one yet. And it's cheap too. Yes. Like it's not that expensive. Yes. And, and it's 20, like this. And Verdi Mart's twenty four hours. Mm. Right. See, mm. everything in New Orleans used to be twenty four hours. Not anymore. <sighs> oh, speaking of which, name three places in your city to take a first time visitor. Let's let's go with Verdi Mart. Okay. For the for the roast beef po' boy, um, and I always say bring them back to a neighborhood like where we're at right now, like the Bywater St. Claude neighborhood, because this is what New Orleans used to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty years ago, this is what it looked like everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Audubon Park. There's this big giant tree on the side of the zoo. Mm. And it's, you know, hundreds of years old, and it just mm. is, I always bring everybody there. It just keeps it's on just growing. A, yeah, it's, it's just, just a mellow spot. You know, you want to just go. It is chill yeah, there. Yeah. I haven't been, as, I've been saying I want to stop one day, because sometimes I'll be bored, I just ride the streetcar mm-hmm. up and down St. Charles, and I'll, every time we ride by the pump, I'm like, man, I'm going to get off and go in, but I never do. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to get there, though. I just got, I just went inside of uh, City Park. Okay, yeah, City Park's dope. Yeah. Okay, we need a third spot. That was only two. What was it, three? No, it was no, three. three. That was three. That was three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What invention or innovation will officially mark the end of the world? Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> really? I think, no. Twi- I think Twitter has already killed itself. Yeah, to not be honest. Twitter. It's hanging on, not by, uh, on life support. It is yeah. on life support. Um, the the nah, atomic Twitter's bomb. I don't know. Man. Yeah, it is. It's still popping. Twitter's still popping? People yeah. still like it. People still on there. I guess. Um... If you were diagnosed with a rare disease and told the only way to live was to exercise five days a week, how long would you last? 
Oh, I can do it. Okay. I, I, I'd live out my full we life. Got, we got some good, strong people down here in New yeah. Orleans. Okay, I we like do. that. I like yeah, that. I can do this shit, man. Yeah, I'm going to be living. You're going to tell me that's what I got to do to live? Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm going to do it. That that question to me kind of feel like um is connected to that whole identity of uh, authenticity. It's like I live to be myself, so yeah. I enjoy myself and I enjoy the ability and the right. and the, and the what is it the uh, experience of doing it. Right. So if I gotta work out every day to fucking keep being myself, that's fine. I'm in there. I got that. Where the gym at? Right. Um, what is the name of the first person you kissed? Oh. uh... <laughs> June. June? Yeah. Okay. I didn't feel you was going to say a J name. I don't know why. It's my kids. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, see, I've been together a long time. No, we're we, 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 okay. we together. We got together. Okay, well, well <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Y'all just grew up together. Yeah. All right, cool, All right. cool, cool, cool. All right. How will the country change once marijuana is fully legalized? Tax dollars. I mean, hopefully it gets, hopefully tax dollars gets pumped into public schools and neighborhoods and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, I hope so. you know, and then, and uh, it's probably people not, fully legalize it. yeah, people not going to jail we too. We're going to be expecting that shit. Mm-hmm. Like y'all making it, yeah. put that shit back in these public schools. Yeah. yeah. You know, no more, uh, no more, um, what's it called? Um, uh, convict leasing. None of that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. won't nobody be going to jail. Right. All right. Do you believe the producers of Family Feud secretly want to start a race war? I've never watched Family Feud. I don't know. For real? Yeah. Never ever? Never. Even like back in the day? Who Steve Harvey do, does Steve it Harvey does it now. So I think I've caught like little bits and pieces of that. Okay, okay. With Steve Harvey doing it, I can't. No, I don't think so. Okay, because back in the day, that wasn't, that wasn't a, a, an issue. But It was a lot more random. Yeah, and with Steve Harvey, as always, the black family versus the white family. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I, don't, I never even got You gotta noticed. play the game to change the game, Toronto. All right, Steve. That's it. <laughs> All right, Steve. I know he's. I know he's from Ohio, and you know y'all. No. Y'all, the Ohio folks stick together. That's not how it goes because we fuck with Lil Bow Wow and not Shad Moss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. You're on an episode of Shark Tank. What are you pitching and wearing? Ooh. Um. I mean, I guess I'm pitching an art gallery, and I guess uh, hopefully I'm hopefully I'm wearing a Burberry suit. Okay. Hmm. Old school Burberry, you know, sleek, slick suit. That's that's what I. Hope. I think that whole panel would appreciate that. Yeah, I hope so. Top three artists to change your mindset. To change your mindset. And when I say artist, this is artist. It doesn't have to be necessarily music or visual. It's just artist. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, well, Basquiat is always something. That he, mm. you know. Uh, so this is Basquiat. Um, there's a an artist named Jeff Gillette, mm-hmm. and he does he takes Mickey Mouse and puts him in real fucked up situations. <laughs> All right, Jeff Gillette. I'm gonna look him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. And um, <laughs> look at Mickey Mouse suffering. <laughs> what a smile. <laughs> yeah, and uh, man, you know what? A street artist who used to live here, Utter. Mm. And you, I mean, you look him up on Instagram. He's his his shit is dope. It's totally different than any other kind of you know graffiti art you're gonna see. You okay. said utter, like utter, U T E R. Okay. And how do you find him on there? You can just look up. Uh, you can just Google search utter. Honestly. U T E R. Yeah. Okay. Is it more important to be right or on the right side of history? Shit. Uh, I guess on the right side of history. I, mean, I don't want to. 
what does that mean on the right side of history like not, okay, not so found? I came up that with that question because I saw that the, the phrasing right side of the hit right side of history came up quite a bit. Um, in my opinion, I think right side of history can be subjective. And um, meanwhile, I think there's a lot of people who are hell bent on making sure that they are right in an argument or debate, whatever the case may be. At any cost. At any cost. I see. No, I don't need to be right. I would rather learn if I'm wrong or if I am perceiving something wrong I would much rather you look at me and be like Jeff what are you talking about like come on man mm-hmm. and I, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong I have okay. no problem saying oh no you're right alright I get you know that's mm-hmm. fine okay yeah. name the last amazing album you heard uh full album or can I name a song that that you know nah full album full album yeah <sighs> A band called Goth Babe, and I can't remember the name of the uh, album. Was it their most recent? Yes. Okay, so most recent Goth Babe album. Yeah. How has your upbringing informed your life choices, good and bad? Both of my parents are fighters. Mm. They've always been, and I mean, like, my dad does what he does. Um, He fights for the rights of women and children. Mm. My mom was a school social worker and kind of fights for the right of children and mm. stuff like that as well. And so, uh, pretty much to not, not keep my mouth shut, mm-hmm. you know, stand up. up, silence is not going to help, you mm-hmm. know, you know, just letting stuff happen and being like, well, it ain't touching me. It's not going to help. Yeah. So mm. that's how. Okay. What gives you power? My art. Name the one best and one worst character trait of your generation. Of my generation? Yes. I think arrogance is probably the worst one, okay. you know? You know, we all just think we're the shit, you know, whatever. Um, and the best, I think, is, it, you know, it, it, accepting the accepting nature of, of the majority of people. That's a hard question, though, because there's a lot of people who aren't accepting in my generation, right? There, there are. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're definitely in that same. Right. And we're not doing it no different than our parents as yeah. far as that accepting thing. Yeah, I don't, I, I find that... And it's funny too. If people know you, they'll accept you, but just off rip is it's like, eh. You think so? That's 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 been my experience. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't I don't I don't judge but I don't put, you know, anything on anybody. I just I would I wanna learn who you are and then make my decision. Okay. So I would go with that one. But that's I'm speaking about me, I'm not speaking about my generation. Yeah. Sorry. That's cool. Again, there's no right or wrong yeah. answers. Uh, what sits at the intersection of empathy and self-determination? Um, <laughs> self-loathing? I mean, do you understand okay. what I'm saying? Like, Interesting. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why, how... Twitter is how I came up with this question. Okay. Because there's a whole side of Twitter um, that is just like very empathetic. And there's a whole other side that's just like, you better get your ass up, pull yourself up by your boots, drive away, hit this shit. You got to get it done. Fuck your feelings. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's like, okay, well, what's this at the intersection of that? If you have, if you embody a little bit of both. Because I find myself embodying a little bit of both. Yeah, me too. You know? Geronimo is what comes at the intersection <laughs> of empathy and self-determination. That's what happens. Oh, um, no. But yeah, so that's how I came with that question. Uh, have you ever suffered from FOMO, fear of missing out? Oh yeah, sure. 
Yeah, I mean, you when know, I was a lot... You don't strike me as a guy who cared too much about missing out when on... When I was a lot younger. Okay. You know, and when I was in my early 20s and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Okay. I am John Mad that I missed Ascendance the other night. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but, they played again? No, nah. the Ascendance party over at Cafe Instant. Oh, Ascendance, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I, those I, parties I, be definitely be amazing. I um, had to work, and I was up, and I was ready, but I was like, I had to work. Uh, I missed it, too. I was up, ready, walking out the door, and then I had to have like a really serious conversation, which I will not talk about off on, on air. It's all good, man. You know, but it was growth in that shit, though, man. I didn't end up dancing. What's what's next month? Pisces. Pisces. Pisces season. Maybe that's why I ended up having to have that conversation because right now as a queer, that should be asking you to really question some things. Well, the full moon that's coming up is in Virgo, and I don't know what the fuck that means, but it's in Virgo, so I should probably know what that means. I mean, you know yourself. I know myself. That's probably what it is. You know, some deep shit. This is just self still Man, we're about to be looking at the details of everything. <laughs> and judging everybody. It's like, I'm judging all of you. In my thoughts. All right. You can use only one social media platform for the rest of your life. What is it? Instagram. Yes. Who do you channel when you create? Honestly, um, I, li- I, like to, I like to channel, you know, what my, my ancestors, not the ancestors of the people who raised me but my native ancestors yeah your native american yeah. okay what was your craziest well before i even ask as that the 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 tribe that your family is from what, what is that tribe it's so it's a, a mix of chittimacha and, and oglala lakota sioux okay yeah and so, so that the region of the, of the chittimacha are here they're um the oglala are up in south dakota Word. Mm. Okay. okay all right what was your craziest Uber or Lyft experience? You know what's funny? I think I've been in an Uber four times. Mm. I keep it old school for some reason. I just keep getting cabs. Okay. Mm. Um, okay. All right, so what's your craziest cab experience? Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some naked people in cabs, not by choice. Wow, okay. You know, it's, it's New Orleans, man. Stuff happens. <laughs> never seen a naked person in a I cab. I never seen that either. I, I mean, I felt like I was going to die in a few cabs. Like, dudes just running red lights, you know, squealing around the corner and stuff like that. That's probably it. Shout out cabs, man, because cabs, could, they would do shit like that. Old school. Uber and Lyft, because it's so regulated Thank in terms you. of just, like, policy for the driver. And right. I'm saying this as a former Uber and Lyft driver. Okay. Yeah, Uber There's too. no way you could even get away with doing something and still be able to be a part of the right platform. man are you not about, I'm not about to fuck up my car so you can get down the street to little Jim Jim house for your little blunt nah I ain't about to speed down there and I gotta pay insurance on this and I might not be covered right <laughs> so. but because but because cab drivers have to still rely on hails yeah whereas Uber and Lyft drivers don't it's all electronic it's all on demand through the app you know it's mm-hmm. like okay hurry up let's get you there I gotta get the next the, yes. the next fit yeah. so okay right all right Rockefeller or Cash Money? Man, that's hard, man. <laughs> I love Jay-Z, but I'm from New Orleans, man. And that's Because at first I was going to ask you no limit on Cash Money. Yeah, I was like, nah. but when you mentioned Jay-Z, I was like, oh, I'm definitely yeah, going to nah, ask you Rockefeller. Yeah, this is the thing, man. If you if you feel into you, bro, you listen to whole. You listen. You not you not only listen, but you really listened and learned from whole. And I know it because I did too. Yeah. And you so can go I'm back like, and yeah. listen to some of his old shit. You be like, all right, Damn. Fine. Jay-Z. All right. I mean, you ain't got to know. No, no, you're and right. We don't, no you're pressure. Right. No, 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 no. No pressure. That's, that's real. That's real. Okay. 
And Would I'm you, not trying to go out on my New Orleans blog. Nah, you, still, you, you are that. still a proud New Orleanian. Oh, yeah. Regardless. Yeah, and they proud of you. But if you learn what you learn yeah. from another culture, then it is what it is. I've been having this idea. This I'm, I want to make a big piece for Jay-Z and send it to him. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that for 10 years. Do that Man, shit. Do I, that. Yeah, I want to. Do that shit. He'd appreciate it. His, his wife may even... Make sure he gets it just because you're from New Orleans and her her family's True. from New Orleans. You yep. know, her mom's from New Orleans. Her sister lives here. True. Yep. You know what I mean? True. And it's more connected and easier to gain access to him than what you even probably think. Yes. Especially this day and age. Oh, man. Like, right now, I could even tell you, like, I know even for myself, I might be, like, two people away, if not one person away from Jay-Z. For real? Dead ass. Like, if I really sat down and think about it, like, most celebrities, where I am in my life, I'm... I could very well be at the most two people away from them at the very most. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if you sat down and thought about it too, you might be that close. Right. You know what I mean? Um, all right. Back to late night stuff. Best late night food anywhere. Uh, Portacol. <laughs> hamburger. I've never been to Portacol. I've walked past it. Favorite I've hamburger. I've seen their hamburgers. Their hamburgers look amazing. Portacol okay. hamburgers. Portacol. Yes, they smell like hamburgers. Right. I'm a, I might, I'm hamburgers. Legit, I might be there twice a month, if not okay. three. Mm. Port of call. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna add that to the list. You can, you can get a hamburger from them at 2 a.m. Maybe yeah. we should just go on a food tour, not just fried chicken. No doubt. That's not what I was gonna say, but I'm kind of like, let's focus on this fried chicken for now. And then once it's like, look, we've done all the fried chicken we can do. Let's figure out what else is out there. Melba's is pretty good. Ah, no. yeah. I like what I ate at Melba's the one time I've been there. I had like a catfish plate with yeah, uh, that with type cabbage. Of stuff is like, it's like, how can you fuck that up? What I, but that's what have? I ate at Melba's. I didn't eat the fried chicken. I had, they have really, really amazing uh, grits and corn. Okay. Their yeah. grits and corn is dope. They I do had the, uh, shrimp. They do the corn grits. The corn yeah, grits. Yeah, the corn grits. Yeah. Corn grits. That's really good. And I had their shrimp with that. Mm. But their shrimp was still having tails on it. And I know that like people from New Orleans don't mind crawfish and the crunchy shit in it. Bro, I'm from the Midwest. Um, <laughs> Y'all ain't eating that stuff. We ain't eating that shit. Like, I get... You might need to go to like a, a like a, a full service situation for some good shrimp and. and well, no, nah, I mean yes, but no. Um, I'd like to be open minded to it, so I know that like when I go there, it's gonna be crunchy as fuck. So I mm. just better be like looking a little bit closer than I would normally look. Yeah. I know not everybody in New Orleans like eating that crunchy shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is what it is. But other than that, that's good. Everything I won't say everything else. They po' boys are alright. Uh, they have the stuffed bell peppers. At Melba's? Yes. Okay. Trash. I'm not a big fan of stuffed peppers. Trash. I've never, I've never really liked stuffed I mean, peppers. Fine. Yeah, they yeah. stuff it with hate. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't uh, with it. You should get a daiquiri from there. I will try that. Okay. <laughs> Melba's stuffed Melba's. When, when you're ready to do this daiquiri, let me know. I'm a, I, I, I'll, go, I'll go with you. You going? I'm going to go with you. I'm going to let you know. It, it's going to be this week. All right, cool. All right, cool. Like a day that I could be fucked up tomorrow because y'all's daiquiris are no play thing. No, uh-uh. Yeah, no, you so, getting drunk. Yeah. I might just have... Well, y'all told me I had a weak-ass daiquiri. I really think I just have a high tolerance. <laughs> I really just think that's what it is. I have a high tolerance. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, all right, pick a superhero. All right, so I'm not up to date on superheroes. But if it was back in the day, I think it would be Batman, but that's just because I was like real obsessed with Gotham City. Like the the whole idea of Gotham's like this big overarching towering city. Um, 
but I'm not I'm not real up to date on all the new superheroes. So it's that's all that's horrible. It's again. But let's just do Batman. This is this is completely subjective. Let's do Batman. I pick Batman all the time because he was a real person. Yeah. He was a mortal man. Right. And mm-hmm. I I don't know. Some people are like oh and he was a he was super privileged but like shut up he was a real person he could be killed you know what I mean like he could be but killed. he was still make he was still kicking ass and taking names I, I kind of get both uh, ideas because he was like the the highest form of like white privilege right you can kill white but privilege. but he was kicking privilege ass and taking names as a yeah, mortal man right he wasn't you didn't have to hit him with some kryptonite I'm to sure. knock him out right true I just thought about this what I just said there's gonna be people that hear that shit like what you can kill white privilege you can you can you can kill privilege just because you put the adjective before it doesn't mean that it can't be taken away yes you can kill gay privilege you can kill black privilege you can kill um male privilege if you put that sort of uh oh, person man, you said gay privilege you know the people coming after you now well, well <laughs> shit, we can talk about it because these are things that i talk about with people who shout out jesse are, smollett you know <laughs> You know, shit. Listen, man. Bruh, I got I, an issue, and I'm going to talk about this shit next about, week. Yeah, no, I next week's episode, I'm going to talk about, about this shit. If I really feel a way about this shit as a per, as a member of the community, and I'm going to talk about this shit next week. But okay, anyway. I want to hear about all this. Right. All right. What does living my best life mean to you? Creating and, uh, you know, just being as kind as I can to my fellow human being. Okay. That's I it. like that. I like that. Well, we have reached the end of the show. Jeff, it was a pleasure having yes. you on. Yes. I think yes. it's, I think it's yes. a very, very, very well-rounded conversation. Mm-hmm. Listeners, you're going to like this show a lot. Um, well, and, they've listened to it at this point. Yes, they. Uh, well, I'm thinking. Well, maybe they haven't listened <laughs> to it yet. <clears throat> maybe what they're doing is actually listening to the end of it before they've listened to the beginning of it. So what I would do possibly is just cut it off and put the beginning here. Cue music. You the editor, so yeah, you hooked that shit up. <laughs> um, all right, but yeah, so it was a pleasure, man. Like this is a great conversation. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Absolutely, yeah. Word, word, word. Uh, tell people where they can find you. You can find me. Best place to find me is on Instagram, and it's at the underscore odd underscore boxer. The odd boxer without underscores was already taken. Yeah. Okay. It was. It was gone. I looked at the person up. I'm like, um... They, it, there's nothing there. There's no posts. There's no oh, nothing. Okay. All right. We're going to have to hit up Instagram. How many followers you got? Uh, I think I'm at 1,070 or okay. something like that. But I've only been doing the, my, this Instagram for a year. All so. right. We, we, I'm going to make it my mission to get you the name without the underscores and get you a blue check. All right. <laughs> so, we'll I appreciate that. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's definitely a goal. Because this is, this is ridiculous. People just sitting on names and shit ain't even using them. All right. Well, yeah, that's it, man. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Yo, uh, peace, love, and um, everything that's beautiful in life. Um, prosperity, abundance, positive energy. Let's just keep it going. See you next week. Boom. Through the city. It's a little spot I know. Do you want to go? Are you coming with me? With me. It's the place I need to be, place I need to see when I'm in your city. It's the place I wanna go, place I need to go. Are you coming? The All the Fly Kids show is recorded inside of Dope Society, located in the Bywater of New Orleans, produced by Geronimo Nose and Robert J, and powered by Fairground Inc. 
Listen to the show on your favorite podcast app and be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. Pay it forward and let your people know we're here. Killer Kung Fu. <laughs> oh, oh, did anybody watch Doug growing up? Yes. Killer Tofu. Killer Tofu, that was it. <laughs> oh, yo, yo. Killer Tofu. Killer Tofu. <laughs> All of that.